Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Guess who's got the dumbest sperm in the world? Me. More on that in a minute. Wee. This is the heaviest uh, uh, packet of emails I've, I've felt in a while. You know, it's funny you say that yeah. because as I was putting the show together, mm-hmm. I was like, this is, this is a lot of emails. And I moved a few of them to next week. Wow. And then I was like... I could be more economical with space here. So I deleted some extra spaces <laughs> and I got rid of two pages. Wow. More on that in a little bit, everybody. Uh, so exciting. Please leave your Apple podcast reviews. They help uh, people find the podcast. Uh, people who uh, maybe are starting out on the IVF journey and are looking for an IVF podcast. If you leave the reviews, people will find us first. Our Facebook group, very active. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. A lot of people there. Uh, 
you know, going through similar stages as you. Chances are, if you're just starting, someone's there. Chances are, if you're in the middle of your fourth cycle, someone else is as well. So it's a very wonderful place to connect with people who are going through the same garbage as all of us. Yay. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Excellent Adventure. Uh, you can get there also through our ExcellentAdventure.com website. Uh, Patreon people, almost the end of the month. That means you'll be seeing two um, bonus episodes plopping. And if you uh, have not supported us on Patreon before, we're almost at the end of the month, which means they're going to charge you on the first of the month. Wake up, wake up. Um and it's a short month, so buckle up, because once they do charge you, you will have access to our entire back catalog of bonus episodes. It's a journey. If you're not getting enough Matt and Dory, buckle up. There's plenty over there. Uh, our Twitter is ExcellentPod, and uh, our email address, Dory and Matt at Gmail, Matt and Dory at Gmail. Our phone number, of course, is 413-461-BABY. There's a Washington, D.C. uh meetup planned if you're in the district of columbia you can head over uh, to the emissary coffee house in dupont circle sunday march 11th at 3 p.m and if you want to rsvp you can do so at dceggheads.eventbrite.com uh, we're going to put the info in the show notes as well so that's march 11th everybody if you're in the dc area you're in the greater baltimore area if you're a fan of uh trains and you're in the philadelphia area you could take one to dc yeah it's true um and meet up with other people who are going through the same garbage and also uh let us know what you guys talk about how cool i am uh <laughs> how dory is uh so wonderful <laughs> these are all the things you could be talking about there maybe you like the coffee maybe you don't discuss Good idea, huh? All right. So here's our official update from the last round of IVF. I think our listeners aren't uh, entirely oh, yeah. aware. That's true. <laughs> Dory didn't even write that in the updates. Because it's... Uh, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. So Sunday after we taped the last episode of the season of After Trek, uh, Dory was in New York along with Niharika. Uh, well, she's always in New York. Um, but uh, they were there. I walked off of the set and uh, saw Dory on the phone. And I saw Niharika's face go like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that must be the doctor. So Niharika's my dear friend, if yes, people don't know that. If you aren't familiar with... Uh, Dory's clan of pen people from the late 90s, <laughs> then uh, Niharika, along with Mark uh, of the My Two Dads episode, uh, it's, uh, it's, quite a, it's quite a tale they weave every time. <laughs> Chris Barley and I, you know, Mark's husband and I, we, uh, we just sort of sit back and go, uh, do you know who this is? No. <laughs> do you? No. And when Niharika's husband Mark is around... He joins us in the trifecta of people who don't know who you guys are talking about. Uh, It's the wonder of Penn. Uh, If you went to Penn and you'd like to reach out to Dory, please do so in the alumni magazine. Uh, If you want to talk about sitting on the wall outside of Van Pelt, I'm here for you. (laughs) Anyway, it's a long roundabout way of saying. We got the news uh, and it was not good. 
none of our embryos uh, survived to blastocyst. And it was, I mean, I'm really boiling down this conversation to you. Uh, it was a result of my sperm being dumber than ever. Yeah. So what does that mean for us going Even forward? They, so I think last week we talked about how one of the eggs was post-mature. Yeah. And then last week when we talked to Dr. Beck, she was like, even that egg we thought was post-mature actually wasn't post-mature. It was a sperm issue. As I predicted by asking her to check my sperm before we proceeded. Yeah. And yet she was confident <laughs> that we would be able to get enough sperm. Yeah. Well, we weren't able to get any good quality sperm or something. No. So where does that leave us, everybody? Well, I think if you're a frequent listener of the podcast, you know that our plan was, regardless of the outcome of this particular round of IVF, we would do a transfer in March. Well, buckle up, everybody. We have changed our plans. <laughs> <laughs> we just cannot get enough of IVF. <laughs> I just love going under. Yeah. So here's the plan for all of you listening. We are going to be monitoring my sperm. I will be taking a sperm DNA analysis from our good friends at Episona. Uh, I'll be sending that kit off. Uh, we will be doing everything in our power to uh, get my boys back in action. So uh, I'm not sure what the sperm count was of the day of the, re of the retrieval. I'm sure I could look that up, but I haven't so you know here's here's how it went a hundred uh, a million was the count when i first went to the urologist Three hundred fifty-six thousand was the count when we did our round in march of last year or when was that which are the last the, the last, last one the third round that was march of last year yeah so it was 356 by then uh, and the last analysis, it was 52,000. So if you're a fan of graphs, you uh, are noticing a downward trend. Now, how much of that is due to stress? We don't know. We're not sure. But our goal here is to... We think a lot of it, though. We think, we hope. Uh, so here's, 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 the, here's the plan for Matt Myra, everybody. Um, we're going to quit smoking for realsies. We have ordered the book, Alan Carr's Something, Something, Stop Smoking, which I have yet to open. Uh, we have made uh, overtures to a hypnotherapist that helped a uh, good friend uh, of the pod, not of the podcast, but <laughs> Kevin uh, Pollock of the Kevin Pollock Chat Show, uh, helped him quit smoking. Um, he, was, he had a smoking habit for 20-odd years. And uh, saw the hypnotherapist and uh, stopped smoking. Um, Paul F. Tompkins read that book and stopped smoking. So I'm trying, I'm going to try all of these things. The plan is to uh, commit to this desmokifying by the end of the first week of March. Um, why so far out, you say? Probably. Well, guys, I'm still working. <laughs> It's tough out there. Uh, and we want to we do everything right, one thing at a time here. So that's the plan. Now, what else? I have gone to acupuncture. 
Yes. I know. You're all stunned. If you're driving, Just I'm sorry. Try not to crash. <laughs> no, Matt Myra said he would never go to acupuncture. That is correct. I did say that. But Matt Myra has now realized uh, the hell that my wife has gone through. It's not fair to just put one person through hell. Let's both go through hell. Thanks, honey. And hell for me is acupuncture and swallowing 12 tablets every morning, followed by nine at night. So those are like herbal supplements if you're not uh, sure what the fuck I'm swallowing. <sighs> yeah. So I went to acupuncture. You're going to my acupuncturist. I'm going to Dory's acupuncturist. Who was recommended by Dr. Beck. Was recommended by Dr. Beck and knows everything about Dory and I. It's upsetting. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. But she's lovely. Her husband sounds like a great guy. And um, and Matt was afraid she was going to stick needles in his balls. She hasn't yet, but it, there's no guarantee that that's not going to happen. I didn't ask, but I don't, I'm not sure. Were you able to relax? Yes. After she left the room and, you know, you're like, decompress. I'm like, okay. And I was kind of relaxing, but also my phone was vibrating quite a bit. Yeah. So I'd next time, a, do not I got a lot of text messages and emails during that time. You know, people love reaching out to me between 11 and 1230 <laughs> on Saturdays. <laughs> um, so that's where we're at right now. Oh, I'm also, my plan is to commit to losing the weight that I have gained over the last two years, which would be probably about 30 pounds. Now, how long will it take me to do that? I don't know. I am optimistic that I can do it over the hiatus, which is three months. So you're looking at a 10 pound a month situation, which I don't think is undoable. Undoable. I guess those are words. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. No, I mean, this is, this is what we need to discuss. Mm -hmm. Your plan. I think the eggheads are going to hold you accountable. So I it's good. So. It's good that you get this out there. Yeah. Um, so we have two more weeks of work on the Goldbergs. We have no more weeks of work on After Trek. Dory has no more weeks of work. One more week of work. Yeah, I quit my job, everyone. <laughs> so there's that. Mm -hmm. We are entering what I would describe as a, an interesting period of time. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Yes. So for those of you who don't follow uh, Doshi on uh, Instagram or Twitter, it's at Dory. Pretty easy to find. Mm -hmm. Two E's, one R, an O, and a D. Figure out what order that is. If, it, if by this point they don't know how to spell my name, I, I don't know what to tell them. I don't know. Some people spell it real weird. Like on Twitter, someone says something to me like, good luck to you and Dory. And it's like I-E- or why. Oh, I know. I've gotten every possible combination. Yeah. So, Dory, why don't you tell everybody how excited you are about your, your new chapter? Well, I quit my job last Monday. My last day is this coming Friday. Yep. Um, I am looking forward to chilling out a bit. Mm-hmm. IVF has been a lot over the last couple of years. Not sure if you're familiar, those of you at home. <laughs> um, 
that definitely has contributed to that definitely contributed to my decision to quit my job, both because of the stress of it mm-hmm. and because of the sort of like life is shortness of it, like feeling like my life has been on hold for two years yeah. in a way because of IVF. And I just, it just felt like the, the right thing to do mm-hmm. right now. Um, you know, I, I started this other podcast. It's going really well. Forever 35, no space forever. And then thir- three, five. Yeah. Three, five. Um, that's going well. I'd like to work on another book. I just found out that my paperback is going to be in target. Very exciting news. Which is real exciting. By the way, my paperback comes out April 3rd, everyone. We haven't been spamming you guys. But we will between now and April 3rd. Yeah. Because Start Up a Novel by Dory Shafrir is coming out in paperback. It's two E's. On April 3rd. Yeah. Um, And for those of you who are too cheap to buy it in hardcover. I get it. It was expensive. It was expensive. I understand. But now you have no excuse. Uh, um, so please, for the next few months, while I'm not working and my wife is not working, please buy a copy of Start Up a Novel. <laughs> or sign up for our Patreon page. <laughs> or sign up for our Patreon page. Or listen to Forever 35. Well, that one doesn't help me. Well, it helps you indirectly. Okay. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I, you know, I was at BuzzFeed for six years. Yep. It was a great six years. The best job I ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, the longest you ever stayed at a job. Longest I ever stayed at a job. And it just, it just felt like time to kind of wrap things up, move on. I get that. Do my own thing for a little bit. And I appreciate your being so supportive of my decision. I, uh, it's the least I can do, you know, for those of you who are longtime listeners. Or f- I mean, I guess we were, I was working when we started this, right? Yeah, you were. Uh, for those of you who are longtime listeners of, say, a the Nerdist podcast, Idiot, ID10T, formerly the Nerdist podcast, uh, you'll know that there was a period of time when I uh, sort of lost my brain and had to leave at midnight and uh, had about 10 months of me doing me. Granted, during that period of time, I did many things. Yeah. You started a new podcast. Started a new podcast. Did a podcast. Uh, limited series for wired mag magazine uh called make tech human that podcast is still available if you want to hear me interview monica Lewinsky, it exists um you you did fameless i did the uh david spade prank show i did a bunch of stuff but it was also like it was all temporary it was all like you know in and out of uh steadiness and like just sort of like figuring out what am i doing so at the end of the day as a husband uh and a best friend uh, I decided, uh, oh, 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 what person would I be if I didn't allow Dory to do the same? So, I say allow, like I had a fucking choice. But the <laughs> point is, I could either be supportive or be a dick. So, obviously, we decided, let's be supportive. Thanks, honey. You do you. Self-care. Self-care. Dot Hashtag com. self-care. I love that you're getting into self-care. I'm not. No, you are. Oh. You don't know that you are, but you are. Oh, I'm inadvertently getting into self-care. Yes. Cool. Soon you're going to be doing sheet masks. No. Oh, that's I have n- perfect skin. That's the next step. <laughs> My skin is uh, undeniably. I beautiful. hope that if we do have biological children, they inherit your skin. Deal. Okay. 
Kind Maybe of they like can a, genetically an olive. Yeah, like no eczema, no acne, no sunburns, no. Yeah, the dermatologist. Dermatologist. Sorry, the acupuncturist was like, "How's your skin?" Blah 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 blah. I was like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm fine." What? What? Do people have all these skin problems? Yes, your wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't even have pierced ears. Gross. My skin's so big fan. Freaking sensitive. Not a huge fan of earrings, so delighted by that. Great. Well, that's that worked out. I don't like a jingle jangle. You know. You don't like a dilly dally. I don't like a flashiness. Oh. To things. Well, you came to the right wife. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So that's where we're at, everybody. The plan is to sort of figure out where we can get my uh, sperm to assess. And then do yet another round. We just are going to keep going. Of IVF. Forever. Oh, God. Help us all. Um, yeah. In the meantime, I've been making lots of to-do lists. Mm-hmm. And. Dory's going to be the most productive person on the planet for the next however however long. I'm going to have like a manic burst of energy and then I'm going to crash just burn. another manic burst of energy is that how the song goes yep cool don't forget dc meetup march 11th that started in the that that originated in the facebook group by the way so those of you who are not in the facebook group you don't get the early notice of the meetup situations dc eggheads.eventbrite.com what what okay is that pretty much what's going on in our neck of the woods yeah anything else I don't think so. Dory's going to make her office uh, more work conducive. Yep. Her desk will no longer face the wall. Nope. It is a 12 foot by seven and a half foot office. So not particularly no, large. It is a 12 and a half foot by, by seven, seven feet. feet, two inches. There you go. So not a huge space, but we're going to try to make it work the best we can. Yeah. Because, you know, that was going to be the nursery. So I Stop always. It. Stop it. We know. We know. Well, I just never did anything with it because I was like, eh. But now I'm like, whatever. I can't I can't keep my life on hold. But we can keep our podcast on hold. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> um, Honey, are you announcing that we're going on hiatus? No, we're not. Buckle up. If anything, you're going to hear more from us. Oh, God. If you're a Patreon subscriber, who the knows what's coming? I censored myself. So, Dory... Would yes, you like Matt. to enjoy some emails? Uh, to the butterfly needle in the hand conversation. Mm-hmm. By the way, I do not ask for that. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Sure. I know someone suggested that, but I am, I, I don't love the needles in the hand. Understood. It's a very sensitive part of the body. Yes. So Becca says you Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. 
Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. You're welcome to ask for a butterfly needle, and in most circumstances, it's not a big deal. But certain blood tests are more prone to clot than others, so a quick stream of blood is ideal. Mm-hmm. Butterfly needles tend to cause a slower stream and are more likely to collapse veins and have an increased likelihood of hemolysis. Mm. Any of those issues equal a restick. I had a ton of patients through my lab career who were adamant about using a butterfly since they were told by someone it was the best way to go and end up angry at me when we have to restick because a test didn't work out or their vein collapsed. If your phlebotomist says the butterfly needle isn't the best way to go for this test, I would generally trust their judgment. That being said, I feel awful for anyone who has difficult veins. In my head, I was one of the phlebotomists who could get a blood out of who could get blood out of a potato. Hmm. But I know some people are just about impossible to draw. A few tips I've learned over the years are stay hydrated before your test, wear layers. Warm veins are so much easier to find than cold veins, mm. and hospitals are freezing. Try to switch arms each time if possible. Scar tissue buildup makes it much more difficult down the road. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. And if you have a phlebotomist who can hit your vein every time, ask for them. I have found my phlebotomist at <laughs> CFP after uh, almost two years. Well, it took you long enough. Sure did. Well, because every time I was like, oh, maybe this person can do it. And I'm like, but Michael is a magician. Shout out to Michael. 
I can promise you I was never offended if a patient asked for one of my coworkers. I don't enjoy difficult sticks. And if someone else can get you in and out in one stick, we are all happy. You may have to wait a few more minutes, but that is so much better than multiple sticks. Dory, I love that you asked for the anesthesiologist. I ended up being good friends with our anesthesiologist because he was amazing at helping me find a vein on fasting and dehydrated patients. You know your body you know your body better than anyone else. Listen to their suggestions, but don't be afraid to speak up. Mm. Also, my anesthesiologist brought the vein finder. <laughs> Did it beep? Uh, no, but it it just like it was like a like a stud finder. Stud finder for veins. Yeah. Did it beep when it got near me? I'm a stud. That silence you're hearing <laughs> is correct. That is the right response to that <laughs> dumb thing I just said. Um, you know, we heard from like four people named Stephanie this week. Uh, listen, I probably went to school with four Stephanies. Yeah. Is it all them? Maybe they're all. Yeah, uh, it's all them. They're all emailing. Um, so our first Stephanie. Thank you for your phlebotomies. Yes. Thank you, Becca. Um, she left a voicemail, but it was jumbled. So she emailed and said, I called to give my input on the discussion of medications that suppress appetite. Yes, I'm listening. The medication the emailer talked about, Victoza, is a hormonal medication, mm. which sounds kind of scary to take when you are messing with fertility, which is hormonally controlled. Very true. Matt mentioned another medication, but couldn't remember the name of it that had a wild bunch of crazy side effects, a whole bunch of crazy side effects. Yes, I did. I'm wondering if it was Contrave. Yes, it was, by the way. A medication I've been seeing a lot of commercials for on TV. This next part is in all caps. I love this. What is this? Stay away from this drug if you have anxiety. <laughs> uh-huh. Four exclamation points. Uh-huh. One of the active ingredients is bupropion, a.k.a. Wellbutrin, a medication that is great for depression but horrible for anxiety. That's probably why I hated being on Wellbutrin. Uh-huh. That's why it's important to be very transparent with psychiatrists. Not present the best mat? Yeah. I don't understand. So that they know <laughs> what to prescribe you so you don't go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I did kind of go crazy for that month or so. I well, suffer. It, month. it was, like three, it was like three weeks. I suffer from anxiety and had a doctor prescribe bupropion for me for my anxiety, mm-hmm. even though a side effect is increased anxiety. What? While it killed my desire to eat, I lost five pounds in two weeks. It also made me feel batshit insane and made me want to check into the psych ward. Just a warning. I thought I should throw that out there for you guys. Well, thank you. Uh, Yeah, it was contrave. And one of the side effects that this psychiatrist was mentioning to me, the psychiatrist I no longer go to, was that it could have some cognitive cognitive, uh, side effects. Uh, up to and including like memory loss and like dulled brain stuff. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that doesn't sound great. I also was like, do you know that this is, I need this for what I do for a living? And you need to be able to focus? Yeah, like I'm not exactly like doing injection molding where I can just inject the same thing over and over again right i need my brain you need your brain to make jokes that no one will ever know i keep (laughs) writing my name down yeah i was like oh you need a pen but no you were just i was doodling (laughs) that was fidgeting (laughs) it is 100 percent fidgeting um yeah so i did not want to do that drug and I, i that was kind of the moment where i was like oh this guy's never going to be 
the right psychiatrist for me. So then I found another psychiatrist recommended to me through my therapist, who was actually the first psychiatrist I called, but had no appointments until January. Anyway, I've been to her a couple times now. and uh, You like her? Yeah. I, I mean... You feel like she gets you? No. Oh, okay. I feel like she listens, whereas I felt like the other psychiatrist didn't seem to listen. Mm. He just typed a lot. Mm. He typed everything that I was saying. Hmm. It's very strange. Hmm. Anyway, thank you for that email, Stephanie. Yeah, I will, you, I will Stephanie. not be on contrave anytime soon, no. as long as I can help it. How long can I help it for? <laughs> oh, God. I've got to take contrave. No. Um, honey, I think it's time for voicemail. Okay. You ready? I think so. Hey, Matt and Dory. My name is Nicole, and I've been listening since the beginning of the podcast. Love you guys and following your excellent adventure. Um, I am a recently newlywed, and we have not started, my husband and I, trying to have a baby just yet, but your podcast has encouraged us to be smart and educated about the whole process mm-hmm. to that point, and after a few of my friends have had some genetic mutation issues, um, we decided to order 23andMe, and they're in the process of doing that. I also was proactive and went to my gynecologist to ask a bunch of questions just so that I can know what I'm getting into um, and what I should be doing as we can enter this next phase of life. Now, that said, she was terrible yesterday. I'm so angry about it. I asked simple questions. I distilled it. I spent time preparing. I did research. And she literally told me that things are the way they are and there's nothing that I can do to know or better prepare myself or my body for a time in the near future that we might want to have a baby. Just think that that's so ridiculous that new gynecologists in the Bay Area, especially that's where we live, (laughs) are just even have that's just the way things are in their vernacular. It made me so angry that I wanted to call and tell you guys that um, and share that with your your viewers, but it's not the way it is and I am currently leaving her and finding another more open and no, a doctor that will work with me and answer my questions and not write me off. She literally told me that, um, like, massive fertility issues start start at 32-year-old women for um, Bay Area, for the Bay Area. That made no sense. To me. What? <laughs> what I mean? Anyway, um, I love you guys. Best of luck to you. And to anyone out there who has who who has the um, short obese gynecologists who are not willing to answer your questions find a new one find a partner have a good day guys life's too short find a doctor that gets you life is too short um which i it's weirdly related to what i was just saying about the psychiatrist totally um (laughs) bay area i gotta tell you that bay area not my favorite place i know not mine either sorry everybody to be honest there (sighs) anyway um do you have any advice for her regarding what she can do to better prepare? 
I mean, other than listening to this podcast and the 900 different ways that IVF is happening to everybody who's writing in mm-hmm. and us, I mean, you're, you're already more prepared than that gynecologist was. Literally. <laughs> also, gynecologists are not reproductive endocrinologists. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. They, they can deliver babies. Yeah. And look in your vag to see if, like, you have HPV. Yeah, so <laughs> that, that also, when you find that gyno doc that you are into, then I would get their recommendation. Of Sorry, a, I don't mean to sound disparaging of OBGYNs. They do a lot. But they're not reproductive endocrinologists, and they're not infertility experts. Right. So, you know, I think they just that just might be outside of their area of expertise. Yeah. Those uh, sirens you're hearing in the background are the gynecologists coming for Dory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before, before every OB- OBGYN who listens to this comes at me with a pitchfork, I know you guys do a ton. They're coming. Oh, no. They're in an ambulance. Oh, no. That says, where's that vag? Uh, okay. They're all like piled like, in the back is together. It like, it's, a, like, it's, it's an like ambulance. It's like Soul Plane, but it's a it's an OBGYN ambulance. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. They're all like ready to roll. It's a team of uh, elite uh, OBGYNs that fight crime and save An HPV. women from uh, yeast infections. Uh, here's one from Mike and Stephanie. Uh-huh. See what I'm saying? Last time I wrote, oh, first of all, hey, Matt and Dory. Last time we wrote, we were very optimistic. Our nurse left out the fact that our HCG numbers were low and sh- when she called with a positive result. Oh, dear. Ay, ay, ay. Although when she called back uh, and tell us it was not a viable pregnancy, she said, yeah, I told you the numbers were low. Oh, my God. Thus, we fell into the same trap as everyone else and thought we managed to get it right the first time. We ended up with a miscarriage at five weeks. As a result, we took a bit of a break from the pod and other IVF-related results. Results. I mean, stuff. So, Mike and Steph, I get that. Now, let's continue with their email. After emotionally recovering, making a visit to the bank, and committing ourselves to another round... We looked at what we could do to improve our chances on both ends. We are now a sh- on a shit ton of vitamins and coenzyme Q10. CoQ10. Uh, I heard on Forever 35 that Thor- Dory is taking it, but wasn't sure if Matt was. Well, now Matt takes 12 herbal supplements every morning, including some stuff prescribed by Dr. Beck. And by prescribed, I mean ordered online after she told us to do so. <laughs> Uh, our doctor said it's been shown in a few studies to improve motility and concentration. My numbers were also dropping, but I'm hoping the vitamins along with some better eating habits will improve our chances. We start the whole thing again in April. So here's hoping this exercise eating right thing is worth it. Uh, it's always worth it. Just don't get on a bike. If you're Mike, if you're Stephanie bike till your heart's consent, consent. Oh <laughs> <Really>, boy. <laughs> If you need anything, call the emergency OBGYNs. <laughs> that will save your the life. The squad. Yeah. Mm, I was trying to think of a clever name, but I couldn't. Uh, with that out of the way, here's my question. After this next cycle, we are left with a decision. Save up for another attempt or do embryo adoption. We're informed of a place that donates embryos with costs approaching $10,000. How is that that much cheaper than trying it again on your own? 
It's crazy. The catch is the genetic parents have to be able to have some contact with the child. Oh. What? Hmm. Interesting. Personally, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole thing. And with nothing guaranteed, I'm not sure which was the best way to go. Brief research has told me if one holds a better chance of success over the other, has not told me if one holds a better chance of success over the other, although our last retrieval ended with three eggs and one embryo. What are your feelings on the situation? In the end, I'm not one, not the one taking all the needles, so I'll go with my wife's lead on this. Hopefully it works out. Uh, hopefully things work out and this is a pointless worry. This is my daily mindset, though. Pointless worry. I hear you, buddy. Uh, that and fighting the urge to eat all the cookies. I hear you again. Way to go, Mike. Me and you, buddy. Uh, good luck on your own journey. What? This is this seems bananas to me. This embryo yeah. adoption situation they're going through here at their clinic. Is it at their clinic? I don't know. I don't think it's at their clinic. Uh, then, then, after the next cycle, we, we left found the a place so, or something. Save it for a We were informed. For, informed of a place that donates embryos with a cost approaching $10,000. Yeah, How is that a donation, by the way, if they're donating embryos, but it costs you $10,000? Well, I they call get them, that there's upkeep. And they call them donor them. eggs, and you have to pay for them. Oh. Hmm. Um, but I would start with your clinic. A lot of clinics have I'm, I, these Listen, if you've, uh, if you've already looked into this at your clinic and they've told you the same thing, then we're uh, sorry for sending you back to the clinic, but... That I don't know that I've ever heard of that. What? Having to allow the genetic parents to have contact with the embryo you've adopted. Yeah, I mean or I don't know that much about it. embryo adoption. I don't either. So This sounds like the egg signal's going off again. Yeah. If you've done uh if you have either donated your embryos and know that they've been uh put into somebody and it's taken, or if you have uh carry a donor embryo we would love to hear from you as would mike and steph yep that's right i you, you just shortened called her steph <laughs> just shortened her name <laughs> because that's what i do i'm a friend to many but especially to steph that's right honey yes dear we have another email from someone named kate kate is another very popular excellent adventure you do a podcast with kate and i do a podcast with kate not this Kate. No. Oh, there's <laughs> there's some mysterious symbols on this on the notes. You should see my scripts at work. <laughs> okay. It's from Kate. Hi, Matt and Dory. Really enjoy the podcast. I just wanted to share a bit of my and my husband's experience in case it helps at all. We've been trying for a little over a year and we're 36, me, and 33, him. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we started, now recently 37 and 34, shout out to snagging younger men, Dory. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. We did a fertility test last June after we've been trying for six months. And while everything checked out for me, my husband's numbers were very low. Only 3% motility and 9 million count. I immediately 3% signed him. 3% motility, 9 million count. Well, the count's way higher than mine. I don't know what my motility rating is. She Continue. said it was good, didn't she? I don't know. I immediately signed him up to start going to my acupuncturist. And at the same time, his work became much less stressful. He's a lawyer, so it's tough to predict when it will be busy or not a lot of times. With, the, with those two things being the only difference, he was already taking vitamins, multivitamin, CoQ10, and fish oil. And I put maca root powder in our smoothies every morning. 
He went to a urologist a month later and got tested and his numbers improved greatly. 70% motility. Mm -hmm. And I think he went up to 25 million count. Even with the improvement, the urologist still recommended a varicocele surgery. He had moderate in both balls, but nothing too no, bad. No, will set you back a year. To help morphology and continued improvement for future children, etc. That's going to set you back Which a he year. had in early August. We were trying throughout this whole time. Still no luck. He got tested 90 days after the surgery. And things were about the same as they'd been for his second test. So still good, but nothing vastly improving from there. I don't think it was a waste to do the surgery, but I do wish it hadn't totally halted our process and we'd at least started the process during the time we were waiting, waiting around to schedule surgery slash find out if it had improved things. TLDR, acupuncture and less work stress greatly improved my husband's count and motility. He still got the varicocele surgery, but I'm not sure it was worth it and delayed our process because we were distracted by that being the problem slash surgery being the solution. You have to go with your gut and keep moving. Also, I love acupuncture, good for the body and for stress. I think it's miraculous and my acupuncture is deaf my life coach. I run all of my major fertility decisions past her. Good luck to you. Thanks for all you've done. Sharing your story and others through calls and emails. It's crazy how different everyone's experiences are slash doctors are, etc. Kate, P.S. I want to join the Facebook group, but I'm scared it's going to show up in people's feeds that I've joined it and I don't need everyone I went to high school with and worked my first job out of college with to know this sort of thing. So it is a closed group, mm-hmm. which means it's not secret. Um, if someone goes to the group, they will be able to see the members but it doesn't show up like in your news feed that you have joined um, and the conversations are private. People who are like extremely concerned about privacy, I know a few people have started separate Facebook accounts, mm-hmm. like a new Facebook account that's like just for fertility stuff. Yeah. So that's an option if you're very concerned about that. Um, PPS. Oh, and maybe this has been mentioned, but could Matt produce a sample at home and bring it in? That way you know, things are less stressful I than the loud room at the clinic. been thinking about that. We think this definitely improved my husband's count for the IUI, even though we got into a fender bender on the way to the clinic <laughs> and he refused to get out of the car because he had the sample warm in his jacket and it I was so cold think, outside. Uh, I think that happened to Ross before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, is that an option? It is. It has to get there within a half an hour. Oh, so, that so would be it would tight. have to be like, I think a half an hour. It could be an hour. I'm sure it'll be corrected. Well, if it was at like six in the morning, that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. I mean, is the lab people, are the lab people there at that time? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's certainly something I, I will think about doing. Because uh, I got to tell you, I just perform much better on, at home, you know. I do. Rather than home and away situation, you know. Yeah. I have a good home record. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I have thought about that. Just need a just need a wide open Wilshire Boulevard to. Yep, to make it happen. To, to turbo down in the old Volvo. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to play another voicemail. But that's uh, but oh. the varicocele thing, too. You know, we've talked about it. I talked about it with the acupuncturist as well. It just, it won't do enough. Right. To really be worth the year setback. Yeah. Particularly when my wife is constantly 
closer to death via the vagina squad. <laughs> They're coming for you. Uh, no, you know she's getting old. We can't. I don't want to lose a year. Yeah, that's crazy. Who wants to lose a year? Not me. I just. I'd rather just quit smoking. My favorite thing in the world. by the way i told the acupuncturist that i have some uh carpal tunnel in my right hand from when i play guitar and i need you know bar chords and whatnot for you know if i'm playing for like an hour maybe even a half hour it starts to really hurt so she needled my right thumb area and quite frankly i've my hand has been in pain since anyway what's next a voicemail (laughs) Hey guys, this is Ashley calling. Uh, no need to post this on the podcast. Too late, Ashley. Crying at some <laughs> some point. Oh, don't. I was cry. just listening to your last your last podcast, your most recent one, and I'm just hearing in your voices what I and my husband have been feeling in our hearts for a long time. So, just wanted to say, I think you guys are awesome. Keep the faith alive and. Ultimately, what I wish for you is the same as what I wish for all of us in this process, especially those of us who have been trying it again and again and again, and just really not having the success that some people get. God bless them, but not the same for all of us. And and that ultimately is is peace, is peace with this process, no matter what it ends up being. I hope, I'm a religious person, so I pray that you get an amazing, squishy, perfect, wonderful, healthy baby. But um, it's not that easy always. So certainly hasn't been for, for me and my husband. And anyways, ultimately, hang in there. You're bringing so many people so much joy and so much, uh, I guess, hope. Um, but all the same, wishing you peace. And, and thanks for all the good work that you do. Take care and, and extra smooshes and hugs to Bo on Valentine's Day. All right. Oh, he's Bye. back in here finally. He came in the house. Yeah, he, well, he came in, then he went out again, and then he came back in. He's sunbathing in the backyard. He loves sunbathing. He likes sunbathing. to sunbathe on the driveway. It's very cute. Uh, Ashley, thank you thank for you, that Ashley. Uh, voicemail. And uh, we hope that uh, similar, similar outcomes for you as well. Do you think we bring people hope? Uh, maybe we bring them... I, I think I always thought of this as us just not uh, telling people and reminding people that they're not going through this by themselves. Right, that they're not alone. Yeah. I can't say that our story has been particularly uh, uplifting. Well, you know, we do get many uh, uplifting emails from people who have gotten babies and, and, and the like. That's true. So that uh, is is something. And also, like, you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. Dory, as my therapist said, my Dory and I have not, uh, I mean, I guess we've said it on the podcast too. We don't, we have not been married without going through IVF, which is. We were married for like six months. Crazy. Well. But we were trying. Yeah. And we knew. Had we seen the. No. Not yet. Mm-mm. <sighs> All right. So for two years we've been. Two, two of the two and a half years yeah. we've been married, we've been do this. So we don't really know what marriage is like without... Uh, a cloud of IVF hanging over us. A cloud of stress, 
some uh, vengeful OBGYNs in an ambulance. <laughs> Just love this idea. They're back, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> Here they come. So funny. Wielding a, a speculum. Yep. We've got stirrups <laughs> all over that ambulance. Just ready to go. <laughs> Uh, all right. From Patrick. Hello, Dory Matt. My name is Patrick, and I love the podcast. Greatly enjoy the real, sometimes raw dynamic between the two of you. I have an hour drive each way, so I listen to many podcasts during the week, and yours is the first I listen to on Monday morning. Oh, that's very nice of you. Came to find the podcast via Smodcast, Phoebe, Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs, Nerdist, and finally Star Trek the next gener- next conversation. Wow. Sorry, Matt. I dislike James Bond, though he was a bit of a chauvinist since I was a kid, so I could be wrong. Patrick, give James Bond a listen. Buckle up. We are honest people, <laughs> and uh, if you enjoy Star Trek The Next Conversation, I got an easy way for you to slide on in. Go listen to us rank the songs of the James Bond franchise with Andy Secunda. It'll be like a... It'd be like an extended Star Trek The Next Conversation for you. Uh, My wife and I met in 2009, married in 2011, me 30, her 28. We are one another's only sexual partner, not a religious thing, just waiting for the right person. We've been trying for a couple years in earnest to no avail. Finally had the occasion to email the podcast after last week's show, episode 71, Eggs and Such. Uh, Where one of the emails talked about the performance anxiety. I I was raised Latter-day Saint though I was never baptized and departed in the church in my teens, so you have another kind of former Mormon listener. It brings me to the first topic, performance anxiety and the male factor. I have semen analysis scheduled for this Friday, 2.16, and I'm terrified of the results. Oh, we got to this too late. Uh, I spent my childhood being told that thinking about sexual things is sinful and that if I ever touched myself, I wouldn't be able to have children. Well, that's incorrect, so I can assure you. Uh, a statement that now echoes in my ears some 25 years later when I'm trying to conceive. Listen, you're trying to get a baby. That's all God wants, right? Uh, I have delayed ejaculation about 70% of the time during intercourse, which means the troops salute, but rarely do they march. That is amazing. Uh, problematic when you're trying to conceive, but certainly not insurmountable. I can, it can be, excuse the term, a bit of a mindfuck, though. You don't ejaculate, your stress... Uh, you stress about the next round. Uh, it just compounds and compounds in a loop until infinitum. Ad infinitum? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> despite being not being religious, I have the guilt. Well, we all have guilt. I was raised Catholic. It's uh, bred into me. Doris Jewish soups guilt over there. Uh, unflappable little voice saying, you're being punished for press transgressions. That's why you don't work normal. That's not what's happening, my friend. Uh, the analysis will tell us where the infrequency of my ejaculation is the problem or the contents. Either way, the stupid voice nags. Buddy, you got to crank it out once a week, at least. Amen. Do it at home. Do it with your wife. Do it. Do it when she leaves. Do it. Figure it out. Uh, the story of how we came to getting a semen analysis scheduled is my second topic. Matt, how did you first come to get yours? Uh, was it after Dory had been seen first? I don't remember. We did it like pretty much simultaneously. Yes. So it was like Dory was going to go see the uh, gyno 
Well, the, uh, we yeah. had not seen the uh, reproductive. No, but I went yet. to the first. I went to Doctor Weiner. Remember that first doctor I went to in Beverly Hills? That was the reproductive endocrinologist. Yeah. yeah. We hadn't done that yet. When you went to the urologist? Correct. I think we just always had... Because you went to go checked out by your gyno. And I was like, I'll make an appointment with Dr. Howard Kim over at Cedars. I found the urologist. Okay. And then we did... I think the, I we found were, him going through on the, the internet. Things. But I think we also had... She's taking credit now? Discussed... Do you hear this? You hear this, OBGYNs? Come get her. <laughs> I think we had discussed that if we got to the point of having to do fertility stuff that we were both going to get tested right away because we knew people who had not tested the male side and had wasted a lot of time. That was literally what I was trying to avoid this round. Right. I know. I tried, honey. I know, babe. I know, babe. Uh, okay. So we continue. Anyway, the, uh, we decided at the same time to get us both looked at at the same time. So that's that. Okay. Next question. Uh, I requested a referral from my GP to get a semen analysis stating that we had been trying for two years and no results and I wanted to get tested uh, because I had mumps as an adult and had heard that can affect the troops. Oh, interesting. It is interesting. Our GP gave us a referral to a fertility services center. Um, and hang on. Let me see here. Fertility services center. When I called to make an appointment, I couldn't make one for myself. It had to be made in my, in my wife's name and I could come along. Interesting. Consultation would be $550, and the doctor would discuss everything. Thought it was odd based on what I knew, but okay, maybe this is the first step. She can get blood tests. I can get a semen analysis, and we'll figure out where we go uh, from here. I could not have been more wrong on how that faithful appointment would go. We filled out the pages of the background before the appointment, over it all with the nurse in the room, who was as sweet as can be. Then the doctor came into the room. She has one thing circled on her chart, my wife's BMI. To say the next five-minute conversation was disheartening would be severely understating our feelings. It was soul-crushing. Uh, oh. And also not the reason we were there. Uh, we were there to discuss my issues, get tested, and get moving. But the doctor was so laser-focused on IVF that nothing else was discussed. That's interesting. She focused slowly on my wife's weight and IVF success rate and ignored the six foot three, 390-pound elephant in the room next to her. The cherry on top was that zero testing was performed. Jesus Christ. What? Uh, I only got my semen analysis scheduled because she saw mumps in my history. Maybe 30 seconds of conversation about the original reason that brought us in here. We have no illusions. Uh, we know that we are big people, and that is why we were there. Completely infuriating experience. So if it does come to IVF, we'll be looking elsewhere. Sorry for the long email. Don't worry about that. But I had to write in after all this happened. Wish you both best on your journey. Uh, and I hope to give you both... Uh, I hope life gives you both time to relax and enjoy one another. Give Bo a treat for being such a good boy. That we do, my friend. He just got some new treats. That's right. Uh, so. <sighs> that sounds shitty. It's, uh, you know, when you're going in for one thing and then it's another thing, it's just like insane. And, you know, the BMI stuff, guys, we're all, we're all. <laughs> uh, it can be a factor. It It, it is something that can be a factor. But if you're going in there for a semen analysis, like buckle up and just fucking do it. Dumb doctor. Oh no, they're going to come for you now. Oh no. Anyway, 
Long story short, uh, you should be able to get a semen analysis of your own accord mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, and the way to do that uh, would be finding a urologist. Yep. Um, that is that is the move. And then once you find the urologist, uh, your wife should then uh, get a, not through the general practitioner, but through her OBGYN, you guys should get a recommendation for an endo, uh, a reproductive endocrinologist. Yep. Uh, and then you can assess. Get the info before you go. You know what I mean? Like, go do your semen analysis. Get those results. Have your wife go get checked out in the hoo-ha. Get those results. Make sure you ask for an appointment to get checked out in the hoo-ha. Yes. Um, and then and then and then go see the correct specialist. And figure it out from there. And then if they're harping on one thing, i.e., like they were with Dory and this round of IVF, and we were talking about her uh, cycle and her trigger and this and that and the other thing, and I was just like, excuse me, hi, we should check my sperm. I mean, that's essentially what happened. Yeah. So, and we did. And we did. And it was no bueno. No. Um, but... Best of luck to you, and thank you for listening to all of my ridiculous podcasts over time. Dory. Yes, Matt. You, what did you do? You were sorting something? What? Were you sorting paper? Oh, what? I was just I was just putting all the stuff we'd already read on, on this side of the uh, table. Okay. Just to keep things organized. Uh, would you like to hear about a jerk-off room? Yeah, of course. This is from Alan. There's been a lot of talk about the conditions of jerk-off rooms. The one that we have at the clinic in Vancouver sounds the same. Dirty mags, bad porn videos, no white noise machine, etc. One thing that hasn't been talked about is the post-jerk walk of shame. I think he said has not been talked about. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, I feel the nurse is judging me a bit in terms of how long or short it takes me. Yep. Also, when I finished this time and walked back there, there was another guy at the little window Going through a checklist, days since ejaculation, confirm your birth date, sample uh, will be taken by masturbation, etc. And I felt really weird just standing behind him and sort of hidden behind the corner in the hall holding my man spunk in a little container. Didn't want to wait too long. I assume these things are time sensitive, but I also didn't want to barge past the guy and toss my spunk at the nurse. So any thoughts on post-jerk-off etiquette? Uh, this is funny. Uh, I've had a lot of thoughts on this. I've had a lot of thoughts on so many things involving this jerk-off room scenario. And recently, you know, my buddy Ross and I go to the same clinic. We saw his wife uh, the day before our retrieval. Oh, I think it was the morning of the retrieval. I we don't remember. S- we saw, yeah, we saw his wife. Um, and then I texted ross and then ross called me and i was talking to ross in the lobby and i told him that i would leave him a note in the barely legal magazine and i had already left the room and he knew that i had already left the room so i assumed he knew that it was a joke but when i saw him on tuesday he said that he checked all the barely legal magazines for my note uh so that's adorable now follow up to that that walk of shame it is interesting it's like i mean at this point it's like i just go yep there you go you know you have to Confirm your birthday, show them your license, and uh, you hand it to them. I wish they weren't clear, the containers. <laughs> if I had one wish with these uh, vessels, it's that they weren't clear. 
and that they weren't measured on the side. Because quite frankly, it never feels like enough. Aww. Anyway. But yes, Alan, thank you for shedding light on this uh, topic that needs to be discussed. Yes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Darisha? Yes. What would you like to do next? Matthew. Um, how much time do we have? We probably have about 10 minutes or so. Okay. Um, I think I would like to read. Um, do you have a particular email? We've, yeah. got, we've got plenty I to know, choose from. I know, here, I know, right? I know, I know. You guys are crushing in the email department. I know. Thank you so much. It's amazing. Um, there's a couple things that I think I'm going to... If you want your email read for sure, head over to Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, we'll read it on the bonus episode. And those bonus episodes. Not a, it's not, uh, we don't have to get through a ton of emails. So it's always like whoever asks us a question on the Patreon side of things, we answer. Um, this is a really long email, but I think it would be a good last email. And also it made me laugh. Okay. Um, it's from Beth. Mm-hmm. I started binge listening on ep- with episode one on January 18th. Okay. After listening to the Nerdist Hostful podcast from the end of the year, mm-hmm. I listened to that on January 15th. Okay. When Matt mentioned your podcast, I've listened to every Nerdist pod, so I've heard him talk about it before, as well as listening to the episode with Dory, but didn't think of listening to Exit Adventure because I didn't think it is was res- relevant to me. Mm-hmm. I have just finished episode 70. <laughs> 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 That's incredible. Uh, And I've been keeping a running list of questions and comments. This is amazing. Sorry this is so long, but hopefully it's not the longest email you've ever seen. It is really long. Is it the longest one we've ever seen? It might be. Interesting. Feel free to condense slash summarize slash pick and choose anything from this email. Oh, we're reading the whole thing, Beth. Oh, buckle up. Here we go. About me. I'm a 34-year-old architectural designer. Uh In other words, an unlicensed architect living in (laughs) Dallas, Texas with my co-pilot. He's 31 Uh and getting married in October. Nice. Congrats. We've had casual conversations about having kids. And although we're not on a timeline, I've only just recently noticed myself wondering the condition of my reproductive organs and how easy or difficult it will be for us to conceive. Mm -hmm. We've never considered our options in the event that we aren't able to spontaneously conceive, although we have casually mentioned it to each other, that we'd be okay with adoption, but that's about the extent of it. So although I don't know what our situation will be, I'm really learning a lot about the process you're having to go through, plus others' experiences. It's also interesting hearing comments from a few listeners who weren't sure how they felt about having kids and whether or not that was, quote, normal. Mm Mm-hmm. I occasionally wonder about this too. Some days I think I want kids. Other days I'm like, I don't have time for kids in my life. So that was actually helpful. I'm having Dory drink a little water. And you gotta get through this email. It's long. Actually (laughs) helpful to hear other opinions and concerns about feeling that way. There's only one person in my life who I've known to have had challenges with fertility they didn't ever go through IVF or any of those other options, but we're in the process of adopting when they spontaneously conceived. So your podcast has opened my eyes to the fact that infertility isn't abnormal and no one should be embarrassed or ashamed by it. 
Yes. Okay. Here we go. I'm listening. General questions and comments. Go. I enjoy the interactions with Bo during the podcast, uh-huh. especially when we can hear him squeaking his toys in the background. <laughs> Who runs his Instagram? Dory Shafrir does. That would be me. Yes. Can you please post videos of him playing with his toys while you're trying to do your podcast? Mm. Sure. I mean, if it if it happens, we'll... Yeah, he's been pretty calm lately during the podcast. Yes. He reminds me a lot of my dog, who's an American Staffordshire Terrier, or Amstaff for short, that I took in about seven and a half years ago after he followed me from my apartment parking garage to the front door of my apartment and slept there all night. Aww. Oh, my God. That's adorable. He has a lot of the same behaviors as Bo. For example, he absolutely does not get along with other male dogs, especially if they're not neutered. Uh-huh. I have to know, this husky you speak of, Yes, is he just wandering around the neighborhood by himself? No. He's being walked. He's being walked on a leash. Is he in a backyard and visible from where you walk, Bo? No. Or is there a person actually walking him? Yes. Yes. I enjoy the chit-chat and general convo about your lives outside of the IVF world. I think it's good to hear that. As one person commented, it's all a part of your journey. That's true. Yes. Thank you. I'm curious to hear all the different jobs Matt has had growing up. I'd be happy to do that right now. He's mentioned working as a cake decorator and a rat cage cleaner Uh at some kind of animal laboratory. What other jobs has he had? Charles River Laboratories, uh, the number one provider of rats for medical research. Um, Okay. I mean, I could start at the beginning. We'll start at the we'll start at the zero year. My first job when I was about 14 years old. Uh, and that was mowing the lawn outside of a Meineke off 95. Uh, if you were heading down 128 towards Watertown, there was a Meineke there that my sister's ex-husband uh, was a manager at. And they would pay me to mow the lawn on Saturdays. So I would do that. Then when I was 16, I got a real honest-to-goodness uh, work permit, or a 15. Uh, and I started working at Brooks Pharmacy. Which, uh, for those of you who are in the Lowell, Massachusetts area, it's the one just past the Tex- the Tewksbury border. It literally it was at the top of my street. I was, grew up on Burnham Road in Lowell, and uh, I worked there for hmm for a while. Uh, that was where I started smoking because I could sell myself cigars. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I so, hate that place. Uh, yeah, so that was that job. Then I started working at the Songus Arena in the box office. Uh, it's where the Lowell Lock Monster played. They were the New Jersey Devils uh, minor league hockey team. It's also where UMass Lowell plays hockey. Uh, now it's a different uh, AHL team in there. But uh, sold a lot of tickets. I remember a couple big shows there at the time. Avril Lavigne. Your 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 uh, David Gray's, you know that was the time. Uh, it was a nice. It's a nice size arena. It's in Lowell. It's downtown. Uh, and then while I was there, I saw, I I got a job at Charles River Laboratories. That was my first. Did I start there part time and then go full time? I don't remember. So one of the jobs I had there was every weekend Heath and I would go into one of the buildings and we would be in charge of making sure all the lad, the rats had water and food. Uh, 
and like you go in there and you're sticking your hands in an incubate like thing and they're all in they're all lined up in cages there were ones that were bred to be fat there were ones that were bred to uh have overactive uh uh thyroids etc everything you could imagine was in there and i worked there on the weekends that was a nice paying job i'll say that much i think i was making almost ten dollars an hour um then from there I, I did a full-time job there where I was I would prep all the boxes for shipment of these rats. But that essentially meant I didn't have any contact with the rats. I was just literally was stapling screens with an industrial stapler that had a foot operator into the boxes. I was stapling screens into the boxes. I would cut the screens, staple them into the where the holes were. So did that. That was my first 40 hour a week job. That was exhausting. And then I started working at the funeral home. Wait, what about the ice cream store? I'm going to get to that. Oh, okay. Uh, the McDonough funeral home. Uh, Part time, you know, just helping out here and there, doing the occasional funeral. Uh, and then I got a job. I left there and I went and worked at Staples in Chelmsford, Massachusetts where I uh, impressed them so that I became the head of the furniture department. Oh. So I, was the I was the manager of the furniture department of Staples. And I made, I believe my pay was eight sixty-five an hour, some, something like that. Uh, then I decided to quit uh, work and go back to college because I was in school Part time. I was in college part time at this point, and then I was like, "What am I doing?" I remember. I remember. I remember quitting. It was a. Uh, I quit to the manager at Staples, who I believe had a Klingon um, background on his phone. Oh. And I remember quitting to him and telling him. I think I had like a conversation with him. I was like, "I just want to. I want to go write television." And he was like. Pfft. Yeah, go ahead. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so then I quit uh, Staples. I went home. I cried to my mother. So that I've quit my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Can I go back to school full time? She's like, of course you can go back to school full time. Uh, so I went back to school full time and was working. You sure showed that Staples manager. I, I, I wish I could find him. I remember the name of his ex-girlfriend or they could still be together maria cortes because she went to school with joe anyway long story <laughs> then i went back to school and then while i was back at school i oh i'd quit and there was gonna be some time and then my godmother uh Lori, you know Lori and bill Lori mm -hmm. lynch mm -hmm. uh her daughter sandy and her husband chris had recently purchased the daily scoop ice cream store in stoneham massachusetts and they hired me to be the assistant manager of that store and now at that store of course we made ice cream cakes so i had to decorate cakes often i had to pi i can pipe a cake i bet you were good at that i can pipe a cake very quickly you're very artistic if you go if you watch we did a 
episode of Sidekick uh, with Matt Myra, available on projectalpha.com. It's, uh, Elliot Glazer was the host, Emily Gordon, Oscar-nominated writer. Emily V. Gordon was our guest. And uh, since we all love uh, Great British Bake Off so much, we decided to have a cake-decorating bake-off situation. And I just... We had like 60 seconds, and I... You blow everyone out of the blew water. Blew Emily out of the water. <laughs> Elliot was the host. He used oh, a fake oh, British accent. It was I a great see. time. Um, <laughs> so... Where was I? Funeral home, ice cream store. So I would assistant manage the ice cream store. Well, a lot of times what would happen was I would work at the funeral home and then do a funeral in the morning and then the ice cream store would open at 11. So if it was a nine o'clock funeral, I would do the funeral, drive to Stoneham, take my suit off, put on my ice cream store stuff and open the ice cream store. <laughs> uh, of course, there I locked myself in a freezer no, I don't and like thought the I was going to die. I don't like Long the story. story. Anyway, so <laughs> then I pretty much, I'd, I was there, and then I left there, and then I started to work just at the funeral home. And I was just at the funeral home for a very long time. I think I worked at the funeral home for four years total and lived with Joe and John in the house next to, uh, in their parents' house. Um, with the plan always being like, I would move to Florida, came back from Florida, ended up working at the funeral home. I was 21, 22, and I was like, I should probably get out of here and go to California because Heath was moving out and his roommate had fallen out. Mm. He was like, oh, I'm still moving. Weirdly, Heath just texted me. <sighs> that is insane. What? Uh, so I said, okay, I listen, I'll go with you. He wasn't asking. I was just like, he seemed like he was hard up, needed a roommate. I was like, hey, guess what? Nothing's going on here. I'm going to go. So we moved to Pasadena and then uh, moved February 20, February 27th. Joe and I drove out the week before, leaving the 21st. We got there on the 27th. We put all my stuff in there. I drove back with Joe and I flew back out. So I moved officially to Los Angeles, California on February 27th, 2007. Uh, so, so you were I've been, 23. I've been here 11 years and... Um, Started at the Apple Store, got the offered the job in March. Started at the Apple Store April third. Worked at Apple, part time specialist, full time specialist, Mac Genius. Went part time. Wrote the pilot with Kristen for the BBC America Nerdist show. Then went over to Attack of the Show, did the Nerdist, then did wrote for the Nerdist YouTube channel for a little while, then ended up over at um, at midnight. We had two seasons of the Nerdist TV show, did At Midnight, then did Fameless, then a fucked on a podcast, now I'm on the Goldbergs. And After Trek. And I host After Trek. And I've had my 22 episodes of my own talk show. That, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is my entire employment history. <laughs> that was insane. Was that more did than I bore you everybody? bargained for? Beth? I bet it was. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to continue reading her email. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> you should definitely continue podcasting regardless of the topic because I love your dynamic together. You guys are hilarious. We try. Also, sometimes the way Dory talks into the microphone reminds me of the SNL skit NPR's Delicious <laughs> Dish with Anna Gasteyer and Molly Shannon. Sweaty balls. And I totally mean that as a compliment. It's very soothing and enjoyable. She's a lovely voice, that wife of mine. 
Thank you. Mm-hmm. More specific episode questions and comments. Go ahead. Episode 51. <laughs> It's amazing. It was very trippy when you played an ad from the previous week's episode at 2x speed because I was listening to this episode at 1.5x speed. So does that mean I was hearing the ad at 3x speed? I don't know, yes. but I couldn't even understand what was being said. I only listened to it at 1.5x speed. That's how you got through everything. Huh? Because of a prior podcast when it was mentioned that an egghead listened to podcasts at speed other than 1x. Oh, Mordecai. I gave it a try thinking it would help me catch up faster, but did not care for the way it made you both sound. So I quickly reverted back to the standard 1x. Understood. <laughs> you can also read about that in an article I wrote for BuzzFeed.com called Podfast. One of our last articles, everybody. Episode 60, I was crying laughing at Matt's reading of the email in his Boston accent. Mm. I'm not sure why I find that so funny. It's a ridiculous accent. It sure is. Episode 70, <laughs> Dory, right. I feel you on the skin thing. I'm a redhead. As you were describing your skin sensitivities, I was thinking, oh, she's got skin like a redhead. And then you said just that. You do have skin like a redhead. However, I was able to get my ears pierced and I just recently got my nose pierced. Nice. But I have to be careful when choosing the jewelry for my lobes or my nose as I am sensitive to certain metals. In addition to nickel-free metal, surgical grade stainless steel or titanium metal are much better for sensitive skin. To this day, if I wear earrings that are cheap metal or contain nickel, my earlobes will swell and itch and develop a little bit of discharge. How did you find out about your sensitivities to metal? I think mine is more specifically a nickel allergy. Well, Beth, I got my ears pierced. We don't have time for this. We should wrap up. Oh, my God. Imagine that. Just listen to my entire employment history. So the first, I have, so I have, I've two holes in each ear. I have a double piercing in each ear. I've, I wanted to, my goal was to work up to three holes in one ear and two holes in the other. Honey, it was the nineties. All right. So I got my ears pierced. It all happened at Penn. No, it didn't. <gasps> Brooklyn, I was, hi. I was like 10 or 11. Uh-huh. My friend's. My, one of my friends who I was carpooling to summer camp with, his mom was a nurse, and somehow we decided it would be a good idea for her to come over to our house and pierce my ears. That's insane. Is that what happened, or did she come over, or did I get them pierced? No, here's what happened. I got them pierced at the Chestnut Hill Mall, mm-hmm. and I chose these tiny gold studs because I wanted something like sophisticated. They were so small that one of them went into my ear. Ew. And that was when, sorry, that was when my friend's mom came over and removed the earring from my ear. Because she was a nurse. Because she was a nurse. Could do these things in your living room. Yes. And it, and it was like infected, but I got them re-pierced uh-huh. and like it was kind of fine. And then it was when I got the double pierce that everything went to hell. I was at, I was at sleepaway camp. This was now like three, two or three years later. Mm-hmm. And I, my, I developed like a bloody pussy swollen infection on my ears and they had to take me off campus mm-hmm. to an actual doctor. Mm-hmm who prescribed me antibiotics and was like, like basically scared the shit out of me and was like, your ears are very close to your brain. So it's like really bad when they get infected. Cool. And I was like, and he was like, I don't like, he was basically like, you can't wear earrings. Okay. And so I took my earrings out. 
Wow. I subsequently in college got a nose piercing Mm -hmm. and it was just ugly and got infected. And so I took that out. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, Thanks to you guys. I've started looking for a therapist, not for anything related to fertility. No, just go for it. But it sounds like that's the way to go for mental well-being. Mm -hmm. I had a pretty bad anxiety attack that lasted for several days, a couple Thanksgivings ago, and it was terrifying. Horrible. I finally went to a psychiatrist several months after that who prescribed me Xanax for when I need it. So far, I've only taken it three times in the last 10 months or so, but we don't have therapy like sessions. And I feel like I need someone who I can unload everything on and who doesn't have any personal ties to me. You do. What do you guys like and dislike about seeing or talking to a therapist? Any suggestions I should keep in mind while looking for one? I, the only thing I dislike is that my appointment is at 8 a.m. That's literally it. I would say um, give it a couple of sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, you should feel comfortable around them immediately, but like sometimes it takes a couple of sessions to to really feel like, oh, this is my person. But also, as we have discussed on this podcast many times, if you feel like the therapist is not the therapist for you, find a different therapist. Yeah. Don't it's be... also easy. I don't know if people have listened to a lot of my podcasts, but it's very easy for me to just say whatever the fuck is happening. So I think that has prepared me for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been wanting to email you guys since like episode five or six. As I'm starting (laughs) the draft of this email, I'm listening to episode 12. Amazing. But then realize that if you decided to read my email and or ask me any questions on one of your episodes, as you've done with some other listeners, it would be a while before I would hear it. You sound very determined, Beth. Love this. Thank you guys for opening up and sharing very private details about your lives. You're doing great things, even for people like me, who is slash was one of you. You're just listening, listening just to listen, people. Beth, thank you for what will go down in history as one of the most epic emails we've ever received. Oh, there's a PS. Love it. For God's sake, Matt, take a break sometime. I know easier said than done, but I fear you're going to have a mental breakdown. Just listening to how busy you are fills me with anxiety, but that doesn't did. mean you should stop talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> <sighs> that was a journey. Well, we got there, honey. We did. And now it's time to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon. Um, Patreon. Uh, uh, Before uh, we get uh, to them, on. I'm just going to read a quick email from our friend Josh. Okay. Who says it's Josh from way back on the very first Patreon bonus episode? The guy who was hopelessly smitten with the That's bridesmaid. That's so funny. I almost mentioned him. I literally almost mentioned him earlier when I was plugging the Patreon. Really? I literally almost mentioned him. Uh, That's amazing. The guy who was hopelessly smitten with the bridesmaid he hooked up with at his best friend's bachelor party last year. God, if you're writing me to tell us you're going through IVF with her right now, that'd be amazing. No. No. Oh. <laughs> I must admit that I pumped the brakes a little bit on my listening to your podcast and hadn't really listened since November. Oh. But seeing Matt on After Trek each week uh-huh. really got me itching for some more Shafrira. <laughs> it was such a delight to catch up on all that I missed. The reason I'm writing is to firstly apologize. The credit card I had been using to sign up for Patreon expired. <gasps> And I never updated my payment details on there. So even though I consider myself a dyed-in-the-wool egghead, my monthly pledge wasn't going through all this time. I haven't been listening. So I went ahead and fixed that. We accept. Now that that's out of the way, I was wondering, mm-hmm. would you folks ever consider radical Patreon rewards for crazy people who donate ridiculously high amounts to the podcast? Like donate $10,000 for the right to suggest a baby name. <laughs> $250,000 to be named the baby's godparent. Just spitting on balls here. Thanks again for all the great content you keep serving up. 
Yes. For two hundred and fifty Josh for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you will be the godparent of this child. Yes. I agree. Uh, done. We'll add the level right now. Okay. That's insane. <laughs> Naming rights is also very joyful. Uh, thank you to our Patreon subscribers who get the benefit of a bonus episode or two bonus episodes or just get the benefit of having their name read on the podcast. There's so many levels. Everyone can participate. I'm sorry we don't give away DVDs of this program like you're watching something on PBS, but here we go. Mary Mahajlov. Mahajlov? Mary, if I'm messing up your name, of course I am. Uh, Deanna McLean, thank you. Laura Craycraft. Craycraft. Uh, Danielle Nuchiforo. Jackie Spagnuolo. We're getting a lot of Italians here. Uh, Sandal Mason, thank you. Lauren Kay. Katie McKenzie. That's very Boston sounding. Melanie Bronbeck. I like that name. Anne Vincent. Jordan Hamsley. Samantha. Tegan Anderson. Amanda Lancaster. I want to say Lancaster, but you are not of House Lannister. You are House Lanceter. Uh, Amanda Lancer. Lanceter, thank you. Uh, Christine McHugh. Uh, my cousins are McHughes. I wonder if you're related. They're half Irish. Ryan Solo. Paul Baker. Brian Gusky, thank you. Jake Martin, thank you. Jessica Zimbelman, thank you. Dana Larrick, thank you. Sarah Lauer, crushing it over there. Shannon Mandel, doing a great job doing whatever you're doing. Uh, Lauren LaPointe. Uh, Bertha Crowley. Hi, Bertha. I remember your name from much times ago. Uh, Berkeley Hull. Oh, I like that name. It's very Star Trekky. Oh, it <laughs> like is. The Berkeley Hull. Oh, yeah. They've broken through the Berkeley Hull, Captain. Ben Rius. That's it. Guys, great job. You have uh, been better listeners than everyone who just listened. <laughs> if you'd like to be a better listener, go to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure uh, and subscribe to Forever 35 if you're uh, in your podcast app right now and you're like, this podcast is over. What else am I going to listen to? Well, type in Forever 35, all one word, 35, numerical, and uh, download and listen to the last eight episodes of... Uh, Kate and Dory's face adventure. Thanks, honey. That's what I'm going to call it. There's only seven episodes. Maybe by the time they listen. Oh, yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. I'm keeping the faith. Yes, I You know I'm keeping the faith. Oh, yes, I you know I'm keeping the faith Oh, you know I'm keeping the faith